Okay, hear the word of the Lord from the book of Exodus, chapter number 14, beginning with verse number 15. Exodus 14, verse 15. And the Lord said to Moses, Why do you cry to me? Tell the children of Israel to go forward. Verse 16. But lift up your rod, stretch out your hand over the sea, and divide it. And the children of Israel will go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. And I indeed will harden the hearts of the Egyptians, and they shall follow them. So I will gain honor over Pharaoh and all of his army, his chariots, and his horsemen. Then the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord when I have gained honor for myself over Pharaoh, his chariots, and his horsemen. And the angel of God who went before the camp of Israel moved and went behind them as a pillar of cloud went, went from before them and stood behind them. And so it came between the camp of the Egyptians and the camp of Israel. Thus it was a cloud and darkness to the one, and it gave light by day to the other, it gave, so that the one did not come near the other all night. Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the Lord caused the sea to go back by a strong east wind all night, and made the sea into dry ground, and the waters were divided. So the children of Israel went in the midst of the sea on dry ground, and the waters were a wall to them on the right hand and on the left. And the Egyptians pursued and went after them into the midst of the sea, and Pharaoh's horses, chariots, and horsemen. Now it came to pass in the morning, in the morning watch, that the Lord looked down upon the army of the Egyptians through the pillar of fire and cloud, and he troubled the army of the Egyptians. And he took off of their chariot wheels, the Lord is very clever here, so that they drove through with difficulty. And the Egyptians said, let us flee from the face of Israel, for the Lord fights for them against the Egyptians. Then the Lord said to Moses, stretch out your hand over the sea, that the waters may come back upon the Egyptians, upon their chariots, and upon their horsemen. And Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and when the morning appeared, when the morning appeared, the sea returned to its full depth while the Egyptians were fleeing into it. So the Lord overthrew the Egyptians into the midst of the sea. Somebody say amen. Then the waters returned and covered the chariots and the horsemen and all the army of Pharaoh that came into the sea after them, not so much as one of them remained. But the children of Israel had walked on dry ground in the midst of the sea, and the waters were a wall to them on the right hand and on the left. So the Lord saved Israel that day out of the hand of the Egyptians, and Israel saw the Egyptians die at the seashore. Then Israel saw the great work which the Lord had done in Egypt. So all the people feared the Lord and believed the Lord and his servant Moses. Just for a few moments, I want to preach on the, the, the parable of the Red Sea, the parable of the Red Sea. Father, we thank you for this word that you've given us tonight. Open our ears and our hearts that we would hear, understand, obey your word, and we won't fail to praise you for it. And everyone said a great big amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. We come tonight to a familiar passage of story that you have heard and that I have heard almost all of my life. How many would raise your hand and say you have heard the story of the Red Sea? We have all heard the story of the Red Sea. And when you come to the book of Exodus, the word Exodus means to exit, to exit. 
So they are exiting the land of Egypt. The land of Egypt represents bondage. Pharaoh represents the devil. They left the land of bondage, and the very first thing they came to was the Red Sea, the parable of the Red Sea. And isn't it ironic that when God delivers you from something, there seems to be an obstacle in front of you. The obstacles that are in front of us are not obstacles to God. They're opportunities to God. And we have to change our perspective when we come up against a Red Sea in our life. That Red Sea is not an obstacle per se. It is an opportunity for God to work in your life. And there are times that God does not work because our faith is not at the level that it needs to be because we see it as an obstacle instead of an opportunity. You see, I am convinced that true worship only happens when you don't understand and you choose to trust God anyway. And sometimes in your life you have to worship God when you don't understand things. True worship happens when you don't understand and you choose to worship God anyway. And when you find yourself at the Red Sea of life, Whatever that Red Sea may be, it looks as though it's obstacles and hindrances. We've got to choose to be obedient to God and worship in spite of the obstacles. Can I hear an amen? Once somebody once said that there are two ways to learn in life. You can either learn by your mistakes or you can learn by your mentors, but it's up to us. And I believe that the children of Israel learn by both. They learn by Moses, who is their mentor, but they also learn through their mistakes. As, as you see throughout the books, they learn from their mistakes and mentor. And I want you to see here that when they come to the Red Sea, this Red Sea is a type. The parable of the Red Sea is a type of death and rebirth, death and rebirth. They left one place and they went to another place. It was leaving the land of bondage, going on to a different season of life, a land flowing with milk and honey. Let me say this, and I think it's important to note this, that, um, that uh, deliverance or uh, deliverance is not bad. Obstacles are not bad. Bondage is. And these people were in bondage. That's bad. But obstacles are not bad. Hindrances are not bad. Bondages are. These people were delivered from bondage. That's bad. But they were faced with obstacles. That is not bad. And sometimes when we come to obstacles, we think it's bad or as though God has left us or God's favor is not upon us. But quite contrary, that is not the parable of the Red Sea. God was with them by a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. He was with them through the obstacle. Number one, I want you to see in this story that prayer is vital. At the Red Sea of life. Prayer is vital at the Red Sea, but God wants you to keep moving. And I am convinced that there are times in our life that we pray about things that we should move on. We should pray. We, we pray about things. That's good. But there comes a time where you need to stop praying and move on. 
Stop praying. Now, I know that hinders your theological stance tonight, that you need to pray about everything. And certainly, I pray about everything, and you should pray about everything. But there comes a time where you need to stop praying about some things and move on. Because God is not going to do any more than what he's already done. If he has given you the resources to do something, you need to do it and quit praying about it. Can I hear an amen? So you pray about things you cannot do, but if it's within your ability to do it, you need to do it. That is the parable of the Red Sea, isn't it? Because the Lord said to Moses, the Lord said to Moses, he said in Exodus 14, verse 15, he says, he says something ironic here that I think is worth noting. He says in verse 15, and the Lord said to Moses, why do you cry to me? Tell the is tell Israel to go forward. In other words, stop this crying, stop this moaning, stop this praying. Stop being praying for deliverance and just move on. Number one, when you are faced at the parable of the Red Sea, when you find yourself at the Red Sea of life, number one, prayer is very vital, but we have to learn to move on when it's time to move on. God said to them, tell the children to get up and move on. It doesn't matter if you stay here and pray about the Red Sea or fast about the Red Sea. The fasting and the prayers will not remove the Red Sea. You've got to be obedient and move. You've got to move your feet in the direction of the Red Sea. My friends, listen to me tonight. You've got to move your life in the direction of your prayers. You've got to move your life in the direction of your praying. You can't sit around and just pray all the time. I know that's, I know that's against your theology. Prayer is good. But there's times that God has already answered it. He's given you the ability. You need to have the discernment to get up and move on. Can you pray out of obedience tonight? Or does it always have to be out of desperation? Is your prayers always out of obedience? Or is it always out of desperation? Can you, can you obey God simply out of obedience or does it have to be in a desperate situation? And that's something that we have to evaluate tonight. So number one, as you look at the Red Sea of your own life, when you look at the Red Sea of your own life, you need to realize that prayer is vital. It is the key. But also, my friends, you've got to see that uh, you've got to learn to move on when it's time to move on. Go with God. You are not just called to go in life. You are called to grow in life. So number one, prayer is vital, but you've got to learn how to keep moving on. Number two, what I learned from this parable of the Red Sea tonight is that if God brought you to it, he will always bring you through it. Say that with me. If God brought me to it, God will bring me through it. You see, it was God's divine plan, God's sovereignty to bring them to the Red Sea. God's plan was to bring them to the Red Sea. And God's plan was to bring them through the Red Sea. No matter how much praying they prayed, God was not going to remove the Red Sea. His plan was to take them to the Red Sea, but his plan was to demonstrate his glory and demonstrate his honor through that obstacle of the Red Sea. Can I hear an amen? You see, when you are faced with the Red Sea, sometimes we don't want to go through. Sometimes we are filled with depression and sometimes we're filled with anxiety because we don't know how to make the step. We don't know how to go through things. We don't know how to grow through things. And depression is when you uh, don't care about anything. And anxiety is when you care about everything. And it's really hellish when you have both of them. Can I hear an amen? <laughs> so, you, you know, either, when you're faced with obstacles of life, you're either depressed or anxious 
And there are times you could feel at peace if you're obeying the Lord, but you've got to learn to distinguish your emotions when you come to the parable that when you're facing with, when you're facing the Red Sea of life. Depression is, I don't care about every, anything. I don't care about the Egyptians. Matter of fact, I don't even care about the Israelites. I don't really care about anything. You know, and anxiety is, is I care about everything. Do we have the right wheels on the chariots? Do we have the right plan? Do we have enough numbers in the army? Do we have, is everything taken care of? So full of anxiety. And it's really hellish when you have both of them. So we have to learn to trust God when you can't trace God. You got to learn to trust God when you cannot trace God. Can I hear an amen tonight? Can I hear an amen tonight? You got to learn how to trust God when you can't trace God. You see, uh, when you come to the obstacle of the Red Sea, you see one of the things that causes us anxiety and depression when we come to the Red Sea is because we want to understand everything. But I believe that the word of the Lord to us tonight is that your understanding can wait, but your obedience cannot wait. Let me say that again. Your understanding can wait, but your obedience cannot wait. You see, if they came to the obstacle of the Red Sea, and they were faced with the Red Sea if they would try to understand everything. God just delivered us from Egypt. Why in the world are we faced with the Red Sea? Could not God just help us through here? God did help them through, but they had to be obedient. They had to stretch out the rod. There was a part for them to play. You see, your understanding can wait, but your obedience cannot. Waiting, and I want you to get this because this is very important. Waiting is not a punishment. When you are faced with the Red Sea and you're waiting for God to help you at the Red Sea, waiting is not punishment. It is actually protection. Let me say that again. Waiting is not punishment. It's actually protection. They that wait upon the Lord, their strength shall be renewed. It is in the waiting that God develops character. It is in the waiting that God develops the essential virtues that we need in our Christian life. It is what the New Testament calls the progression of sanctification. So your understanding can wait. That doesn't mean that you won't understand it someday, but your understanding can wait, but your obedience cannot. Waiting is not a punishment. It is actually pro uh, protection against what the enemy is trying to do. You see, sometimes when we're faced with obstacles and we're faced with the Red Sea, we try to not only sometimes are we depressed and anxious and trying to understand things, but we got to understand that we got to keep our mind stable on the Word of God. Somebody once said this, your mind grows by taking in, but your heart grows by giving out. I'm going to say that again. Your mind grows by taking, taking in, but your heart grows by what you give out. This story found in Exodus, the giving of the Red Sea, the parable of the Red Sea, it, it wasn't just about taking in. It was actually giving out. Moses had to give out the rod. The people had to give out their obedience. They had to pick up the tambourines and dance on dry ground. They gave instead of took. You see, ladies and gentlemen, number one, we've got to see that prayer is vital. Yes, but we got to keep on moving. Number two, we understand that if God brought you to it, God will bring you through it. That's a promise, and you can take it to the bank here. Number three, God did not bring them to drown them, but he brought them to drown the enemy. You see, sometimes when we are faced with the Red Sea and we look at the waters, it is so easy to become anxious. It's so 
easy for us to become upset because of what we see in front of us, but you got to keep the right perspective. And the right perspective is this, that God did not bring you to this thing to drown you, but God brought you to this thing so he can drown the enemy. Can I hear an amen? He brought you to it so that God could drown the enemy. Can somebody wave your hand and say, I know that God has drowned my enemy before, even in my obstacle. Can I hear an amen tonight? You see, um, see, so number three, God did not bring them to drown them. He brought them to drown the enemy. Number four, the Red Sea will not drown you, but the Red Sea will cleanse you. The Red Sea will not drown you, but the Red Sea will cleanse you. Do you remember what the Apostle Paul said? He likened the Red Sea to baptism in the book of 1 Corinthians. He said all of us must pass through the waters of baptism, referring to the story in Exodus of Moses, how Moses was baptized through the baptism of the Red Sea. It was a sense of cleansing. You see, suffering, tragedy, uh, obstacles, hindrances, they have a way and they can have a way of cleansing us, cleansing us. Now, we don't like to hear that as Pentecostals because we like to name it and claim it and we want the blessing. And that all's, that's good and fine and God does do that. But we have to keep our perspective that when we come to the Red Sea, it will not drown you, but it will cleanse you. Now, I do believe that the obstacle, which is the Red Sea, will drown you, and it can distract you, and it also can destroy you if we don't change our mind about what we see. You got to change your mind about the Red Sea, and you got to let what you're going through cleanse you instead of drowning you. You got to ask the right questions. You got to ask the question, God, what do you want me to learn in this? Is there something that you're teaching me that I'm not aware of? Is there something that you're prompting me in my heart to do? Am I dis? obedient in an area. What do you want me to learn as I go through this thing? And many times, my friends, that we spend so much time working in life that we're not working on our life. And you've got to take a time of reflection and learn how to work on your life instead of working in life all the time. You see, what, what, is God trying to teach us at this Red Sea? And some of us, uh, my folks, you know, my friends, we, we, we want to hurry up and get through the day. We want to hurry up and get through the obstacle. And I like what St. Augustine said, and it rings in my ear tonight. He said this, and I quote, the last day is hidden so that every day may be regarded. Let me say that again. St. Augustine, the doctor of the church, said it like this, the last day is hidden so that every day may be regarded. In other words, St. Augustine said, the last day, the great day of the Lord, the appearing of Jesus Christ, it's hidden from us. We do not know when it's going to happen. And the reason that it's hidden is because God wants us to regard every day. In other words, there's something for us to learn every day. There's something for us to go through and grow through every day. It's not about us escaping in a rapture somewhere. This escape theology of us escaping the world and going to a land of no more crying and a land of no more heartache. That is true. Yes, it is true. But my friends, let us not dismiss the journey that we're on right now. Let us not get destination disease that we're always worried about the destination that we forget about what God is doing in the journey. Can I hear an amen tonight? How many, how many would agree with me that Jesus did not come to accommodate you? He came to change you tonight. 
Jesus did not come to accommodate you. He came to change you tonight. Listen, I heard somebody say that uh, in the last days, people are going to have itching ears, but I am not commissioned to itch them. I'm not going to tell you everything you like to hear. I'm going to tell you the truth. And you've got to stay focused at the obstacles of your life. You see, number three, number four, if, or number five, or whatever the number may be. Uh, number five, if God doesn't give you a boat like the disciples, if he doesn't give you a fish like Jonah, if he doesn't give you the power to walk on it like Jesus and give you the strength to swim through it like Paul, he will make a way where there is no way. All of those great people in the Bible, whether it was Jonah, whether it was Jesus, whether it was Peter, all of them had something that the Lord gave them in order for them to make it through. Hallelujah. Amen. How many would raise your hand and say, Pastor, I've struggled before, but I've never gave up. Can I hear an amen? I'm pressing through the, I'm pressing through. He will make a way where there is no way. You've got to learn how to swim in places that you used to sell. You've got to learn how to swim in places that you used to sell. You've got to learn how to swim in places that you used to sell. You've got to learn how to swim in places that you used to sell. You see, so if God doesn't give you a fish, if he doesn't give you the power to walk upon it, if he doesn't give give you the strength like Paul. If he doesn't do any of that, excuse me, he will make a way where there is no way. These people were at the Red Sea. God didn't give them a boat. God didn't give them a, he didn't give them a well like he gave Jonah. He gave them courage. And if he doesn't give you a way out of it, he will give you courage to face it. He will give you grace to face it. Paul said, I've prayed to the Lord that the Lord would remove this thorn of my flesh. And the Lord said to him, my grace is sufficient for you, Paul. My grace is sufficient for you. My grace is sufficient for you. God's enabling power in difficult situations, that's what grace is. Grace is God's enabling power through difficult situations. You see, one of the things I found in this story is that if you don't fight fear, if you don't fight fear, if you fight fear, God will fight for you. Number six, if you fight fear, God will fight for you. Look at the story tonight. They were fearful. They were crying out to the Lord. And the Lord says, tell my people to get up and go. I know they're fearful. I know they're perplexed. I know that they are fearful of the Egyptians because the Egyptians remind them of their former life. I understand that. But they got, if they, they got to fight fear. And how do you fight fear? You fight fear with a step of obedience. You fight fear with a step of obedience. Not a step back, but a step of obedience. Say that with me. I fight fear with a step of obedience. I fight fear with a step of obedience. And that's exactly what these people did when they came to the Red Sea, they fought fear because they took a step of obedience. Moses fought fear when he took a step and took his rod out in the middle of the sea and God split the sea and those people begin to walk on dry ground. And as they begin to walk on dry ground, what does the Bible say? Eventually those walls of, uh, those walls of water collapsed and it drowned the Red Sea. But not only, not only did the Lord drown the Egyptians, but the Bible says before they were drowned, the Lord troubled them. 
The Lord troubled them. He troubled their chariots. He messed with their wheels. Aren't you glad that God is a God that plays tricks on the devil? Can somebody say amen? He played tricks on the devil. He, he messed with their wheels. He messed with their minds. They got all confused. And the Bible says, the Egyptian says, the Lord, the God of Israel is fighting for them. We must flee from them because in the face of adversary, the enemy knew that God was bigger. In the face of adversary, the enemy knew that God was bigger. You see, my friends, I am telling you tonight that if you fight fear, God will fight for you. And how do I fight fear? I fight fear with a step of obedience in the right direction. Now, as we look at the parable of the Red Sea tonight, as we look at this story that's been handed to us by Moses, an ancient story, a story that all of you have heard since you've been in Sunday school. It's a familiar story, a story that we have read over and over how the God of Israel, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the true and living God, the everlasting God, the God who rides the wings of the wind, the God who sits on his throne and the earth is his, is his footstool. This God, this God was mighty to save for the Israelites and everything the Bible says in the book of Romans was written for our instruction, was written for our encouragement, and was written for our comfort. The reason that this is in the Bible tonight is because the Lord knew that you wasn't going to face a literal Red Sea. You're not going to go out here and face a literal Red Sea, but I promise you all of you will face a Red Sea of difficulty. You will face a Red Sea of obstacles. You will face a Red Sea of hindrances. You might face a Red Sea of depression and anxiety. You will come up against the walls of of anxiety and walls uh, of difficulty and walls of being disheartened. You will face seasons where you will feel like you can't take another step. This story was written for your encouragement. It was written for your comfort that as you read this, the Holy Spirit applies it to your life to let you know tonight, to let you know that yes, prayer is important and we should pray about everything. But it's within our power, if it's within our power, if it's found within our reach, if it's found within our ability, then let's get up and move. Instead of us praying about God to meet somebody's need, I'm asking you, you go meet their need. If you have the resources and you have the ability, you meet the need. Instead of praying that God would send people to help us at the church, I'm asking you, can you help us at the church? Instead of us praying that God would send more children's workers to work in the nursery, maybe God will lay a burden on your heart to help us. Why pray about things that we have the ability to do? And I am convinced that we are praying about a lot of things and then we are putting a question mark over God's integrity. We write God off as if God don't answer prayers. And at the same time, God is saying, I am a God who sees far above what you see. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. God is not going to do something he created you to do. Can I hear an amen? And if it's not found in your ability, if it's not found in your resources, if it's not found in your capability to do it, then pray about it. And let's pray that God would perform the miraculous and supernatural. Number two, it reminds us that if God brought us to it, he will always bring you through it. He will give you the grace. 
He will give you, he brought you to it, that he will bring you through it, through it, through it, through it. You're not going to stop there. You're not going to stay there. He's going to bring you through. Remember the, the, the people in the lion's den, Daniel in the lion's den? He brought him through. The three Hebrew boys, he brought him through the fiery furnace. You see, the prophet Isaiah said, when you walk through the fire, I will be with you, and the fire will not even kindle upon you when you walk through the fire. You see, it's all about going through, going through, going through going through. It says it's what you do in the going through that determines the end result. What do I do in the going through that determines the end result? It's not what you do at the beginning. It's not what you do at the end. It is the parable of the going through. What do you do when you go through? What's your mind thinking? What's your heart doing? Is your heart right before the Lord? Are you speaking? Listen, you, your speech determines where you're at in life. You can't talk like a peasant and expect to go to the palace. That doesn't work. In the, child, the children of Israel was delivered from Egypt. What did they eat in Egypt? They ate garlic in Egypt. What did they eat in the promised land? They ate honey and bread. they ate uh, milk and honey. You see, garlic is strong on your breath. You see, you can tell where you are at in the season of your life by the way that you talk. If you are talking and you're breath represents garlic, you are still in Egypt. But if you are talking and your breath represents honey, then you have passed on from Egypt and you are going to the destiny that God has for you. You've got to understand that what I do as I go through determines what I will have at the end. Can I hear an amen? Amen. So number two, if God brought you to it, he'll bring you through it. Number three, God did not bring you to drown you, but he brought you so that he can drown the enemy. The next one, the Red Sea, will not drown you, but the Red Sea was created to cleanse you, cleanse you. Number four, if God, or number five, if God doesn't give you a boat like the disciples, if he doesn't give you a fish like Jonah, if he doesn't give you the power to walk upon it like Jesus, or the strength to swim through it like Paul, he will make a way where there is no way. And lastly, my friends, if you fight fear, God will fight for you. How do I fight fear? You've got to take a step of obedience in the right direction. You've got to take a step of obedience in the right direction. Don't let what you see make you forget about what he said. Don't, don't let what you see in front of you make you forget about what he said. That's the same thing with Peter as he begins to walk up on the water. He walked up on the water. He saw, he saw the winds and the waves. He saw the winds and the waves, but he heard, he heard, he heard the voice of the Lord, voice of the Lord. It was the voice of the Lord that caused him to get out and walk up on the troubled waters. He could have looked at the waters and become discouraged, but he heard, and what he heard determined his ability to walk. It's about what you hear and not necessarily about what you see, what you see. Because Peter at first glance thought Jesus was a ghost. He was frightened, but he heard his voice. You got to trust what you hear instead of what you see. Don't let what you see make you forget about what he said. Now maybe tonight you find yourself at the Red Sea. Maybe you find yourself like the children of Israel. The enemy behind you. Obstacles behind you. The water in front of you. And you're at a paradox. I can't go back. 
because there's nothing to go back to. I can't go forward because of the water. God says, I will make you to lie down in green pastures. What do you do when you find yourself in in-between? What do you do when the Egyptians are behind you and the water is before you? My friends, a lot of us find ourselves in the in-between. And what we do as we go through, what we do in the in-between determines whether there is victory in front of us or whether there is defeat. I encourage you that whatever you find yourself going through, whatever your mind is perplexed about tonight, I'm asking you, let's keep the right perspective because your perspective is either your passport or your prison. It determines how far you will go in life. It determines how much victory you will really achieve in life. What do you do in the in-between? You do the things I just told you to do. Don't pray about things you can do. What do you do when you find yourself in that situation, remember that God, if God brought you to it, he's going to bring you through it. That he's not going to drown you. He's going to drown the enemy. That this Red Sea was created to cleanse you. It's created to grow you. If God doesn't provide a way out, he'll make sure he provides for you. And the way you conquer fear is one step of obedience in the right direction. Did you enjoy the word of the Lord tonight?